what is up, people of the internet? I am Rev Alex Burchnell, and we have a guest today on Queer Babble, our very first episode, which is an LGBTQ plus uh, talk show where we have guests from all walks of life with one thing in common, where they are trying to be supportive and um, bring access to the LGBTQ plus community. And our guest today is Curtis Walsh, but holy divinity, uh, welcome. We'll insert like the clapping noise. <laughs> so do you hello. want to You what? I just said hello. hello. So if you're listening through the podcast, um, Holy Divinity is in full dress, so you'll definitely want to catch the actual show, which will be up on on my uh, page. So you'll definitely want to look at that. So Holy Divinity, do you want to explain, I guess, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, like what this garb signifies for you, kind of all that jazz. Okay, cool. Well, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are a group of, um, there's transgender, there's gay, there's lesbian, there's straight, there's bisexual. It's a diverse all walks of life group that was started in 1979, actually on Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. A group of guys had a bunch of habits, which is what these things right here are, this and all this. Oh, this okay. is called a quartet. But uh, they had habits, and they, from the sound of music, actually, somebody got from the play, and then, or musical. And then they just decided to dress up and hit the streets of the town in San Francisco, and then that's what they did. And now they are on 179 continents, I do believe. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, there's like chapters in every city, every state. Tennessee has Memphis, Nashville, Knoxville, and the Aspirant House here in Johnson City, which is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've got the white veil because I'm I'm a beginner. If it was black, that would mean I'm fully professed. Oh, okay. But okay. basically what they do is they uh, raise money for ch charities and churches and food drives and bring awareness to HIV and AIDS, do free testing. They take care of the more lesser uh, organizations that are often mistreated or not mistreated, but misoverlooked. Whatever yeah. word you want to like marginalized communities. Yes. Okay. So like charity work and stuff like that. That's really awesome. And I want to say hi to all of our viewers that are popping in. Um, if you have any questions for Holy Divinity, you can definitely put them in the comments and maybe we can get some some questions going um something that i was noticing when you were talking you've got a lot of buttons here is there like significance to the buttons yeah. or let me stand up and get closer here okay this is a voter registration button okay this is uh i'll go with you with the pronoun flag okay and then this is our Knoxville House's button, Scruffy City. You got, got that at the bingo um, yes. event that you guys did. Okay. And this one is what all of our local chapter uh, nuns have. It's just a little brooch to help unite us. Oh. So, like, does – I know that I've talked with Barbara, I think is her yeah. professed name. Barbara, okay. Well, she was saying that, like, each of, like, the pins – are significant, almost like Girl Scout badges in a way. I, am I understanding that a little bit? 
You're going to have to repeat that because you okay. broke up on me. <laughs> okay. So are all the, like, the pins, are they, they're significant. They're almost like, like badges, like uh, Girl Scout badges or something. Like each, there's very, more significance in wearing them than just a pin, a random pin, usually. Yes. There's actually one pin that I'm missing. I can't find it, but uh, <clears throat> it's the uh, Know Your Status pin. Oh, so, okay. And it's a little Mr. Smiley face with the, the plus sign and then the negative sign is his eyes. Oh, but okay. I've like, I, like HIV status or something like that, yeah. like STIs. That's really cool. But, but not all. This is what I'm wearing is considered high nun or formal nun. Okay. Uh, sometimes we'll go out in flashy dresses or just costumes of whatever sort. Yeah. But we'll keep the cornet and the face. It just depends on what event. But this is the high nun look. And not everybody wears buttons or um, the BM. I've noticed in seeing them that there are various ways that they express themselves. Like, I've even seen you have what, so you've got the sisters and then you've what, got the guards? Yes, guards. So what are guards? Can you hear me? Hello. Okay. What are guards? Did you hear that? Okay. Yes, I heard that. <laughs> I should have got that Wi-Fi extender, baby. You're okay. <laughs> uh, uh, basically, guards are, uh, they don't have to be, like, flashy in makeup. They can also just have, like, a little bit of makeup. They can be in leather. They can be whatever. But as a nun, you or queer nun or however the female version wants to identify like me uh we spread the love and the light and the joy and all that mm -hmm. which sometimes takes away from our attention a little bit and our provincials okay. so that's where the guards step in to do basically what they say guard they'll watch over the audience and make sure no of the nuns or uh, people in the crowd are drinking excessively. They're there for visual representation as well as support, but that's what a guard is. Okay. And some houses have creature and monster and all these other uh, fun-loving uh, role-playing positions, yeah. but it's typically sister guards. Okay, so it's more um, like there's like security of sorts, and then you've got like the the performers like i mean if we're if we're dulling it down like you've got the security you've got the performers and the performers are making sure everybody's having fun and entertaining and doing like the main talking and, and whatever and then you've got the guards that kind of coast around or help them in some way they're assisting both the audience and you guys yes so is there like our some people would consider you all doing drag. Would you consider this drag or would this be, because I mean, you've got male and females and, and non-binary people in this, right? It's not just one specific, like it's just not men. Yes, uh, that's often a question we get a lot, but we are considered mostly queer nuns. Uh, that's what the look representations and that's what we most identify as. Ooh, my cornet's a little crooked. <laughs> so what would you say, because I know uh, you keep up with a lot of the news. 
what are, <laughs> is your response to people saying that you all are making fun of like Christians and, and religious aspects? Well, it's actually uh, a good question that you brought up because the San Francisco house has, has what they call their hunky Jesus and Easter competitions. Yeah. That draws over 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's basically a celebration of life, of love, acceptance, and there may be a hunky Jesus in a thong dancing on a pole with stripper heels, but, and it, it happened. That's why I say it, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they don't make fun of it. They help celebrate it by bringing it to the forefront and make its presence known. Mm -hmm. It almost sounds like they're probably early on. The sisters are a very old organization, and they've probably been at the forefront of saying, hey, we realize that a lot of people in the queer community are no longer able to express their faith, especially in the Christian community. I mean, you and I both know how difficult that is, as you're also an associate pastor through our church. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> it, it seems like Yes, it may not be a conventional way, but I, I agree. I, I don't see it as a, I am making fun and bastardizing this faith that you have. It's more of, this is our representation of not only ourselves, not only our intrinsic like identities, but it's a way for us to be part of a faith community at the same time. Would you say that that's pretty accurate? Very accurate. Now, now we're going to get controversial because um, I know the answers, but, I have, but it's for the show. Don't worry about it. Um, so I know that, that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence has been a target of the extreme right for a while. And not only are you all being attacked, but any organization that supports L the LGBTQ plus community has been attacked. So... You all have been called groomers. You all have been called all these horrible names. Like, and then there was the whole issue at the Dodgers because they, they fell that, you know, tried to bend to the super right to, to keep you all out. Like what has been like the overall feeling amongst the sisters in all of this? Well, it varies by state mm -hmm. uh, because of the laws that are trying to be passed in our country right now, Tennessee's laws did get the deemed unconstitutional and overbroad. So they kind of got sent back down to like the house and the committee and all that fun yeah. stuff. Whereas over in North Carolina, where I just did a protest about three weeks ago, uh, we had a huge turnout. It made the news. It was channel 13. I want to say CLS. Where's I believe. that? That's the one uh, we're protesting at that you got interviewed at? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they actually, the state of North Carolina passed an anti-abortion law. So abortions are now illegal in North Carolina. Uh, and they're, they're passing all these other laws. So it varies by state. But I would say the general consensus is sisterhood. Because at the end of the day, we all fight for the same rights. We want to spread universal joy, and we want everybody to live their truth in their own skin. Yeah. 
And I, I'd imagine it's it's just as frustrating to all of the good that or, your organization organization does. Like you are you all are actually planning a um, a food drive, right? And you've also helped uh, fight for gun you know gun violence. Um, you've worked with the Pride Community Center. You've like even just starting with your chapter, like those are the small things you've done now, but as a whole, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence have done so much work. And it's, it, I would say it's frustrating and, and, and sad to constantly be attacked. You're like, look at all this work, look at all this stuff that Christians should be doing. And yet you all are attacking us. What are you all doing, you know? <laughs> Well, I want to give a shout out to Sister Roma. Hi, Sister Roma, if you're watching by chance. I know you're probably not. But um, <laughs> we have some... she has got the title of the most photographed sister in the world. But she also has raised over $1 million for charities. And wow. she was actually just honored in the California legislature this past week. That is amazing. So, I mean, you all do so much work. Like... Um, and then like even on on personal things, because I know that, you know, you've got the personas, but you all have personal things that you do behind it. Like you have um, you're an associate pastor at an LGBT community church. Um, you also are working towards getting your CPRS in addiction recovery stuff. So like tell me kind of, I guess, long term goals that you have or. Um, maybe a little bit about your past and history that people can kind of connect with you on if you feel willing to share? Yeah. Well, uh, it also starts, or it all starts, that uh, April 12th, uh, this past April 12th, I celebrated two years clean of IV meth use. <laughs> Round of applause. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that, I personally have seen Narcan help save lives but now they've got a new one out, and I'm going to butcher it. I don't have it with me at the house, but it's called Kalox something, and it's twice the milligram dosage that Narcan is, and has a little bit longer shelf life, so it can come in a little bit more of a need than Narcan could, per se, uh, because we've got new street drugs out there that are becoming more laced with fentanyl and different drugs that are not responding to the Narcan. So they had to come up with something new basically. But um, I would like to see for myself a being a fully professed sister, being a CPRS, working in drug recovery and self-sustainability programs for those in the LGBTQIA plus questioning community. And be a support system through my own story to elevate others to the uh, position in life that I know that they can achieve. That's awesome. <coughs> I choked on spit. <coughs> I got too excited. So like, what exactly is CPRS? CPRS is <coughs> a recovery support specialist. And the easiest way to explain it is they are a social worker for drug addicts. They will, awesome. sit, they will help them uh, go to meetings. They will be a support system. They will be there on the phone. They'll be there in person. They'll be like a almost kind of like a sponsor, okay. but not quite. But they'll 
make sure they get all the resources they need for a sponsor and support within the community. So like an like an advocate sort of thing? Yeah. Okay. And Zach Baker uh, has popped on, and so, I, so they were able to pop on and say hi with us. Um, again, if you all have any questions that I've not covered or maybe you want me to dig a little deeper, definitely put a comment there. We can see. I don't know. Can you see the comments? I'm a little far away from the screen, okay. but uh, not really. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, um, go back even further, and then this thing just gets taller. Oh, my goodness. So you you made that, right? Yes. This is my coronet, and I made it. So what's a, a – I know a coronet is – this is the coronet, but, like, what is the significance? Is there anything special about it or means anything? It's just a headpiece. Oh, okay. Uh, every, every, well, typically what the sisters in an organization try to do is they come up with a headpiece that is significant to their location. Uh, this is our aspirant headpiece with just the front in the, or spiked up in the front. However, the coronet that we're working on and towards our fully professed status has two. It's got mountains. It's like a dip because mm -hmm. we're the heart of the Appalachia. Uh, the uh, Scruffy City Sisters have what they call the Pringle, and it looks like the, the Sun Sphere in downtown Knoxville. It's gold and then has like oh, okay. their choice of um, fabric behind it. That's really cool. So we've got our first question from the viewers um, by Zach. It says, question for Holy Divinity. Is Narcan available over the counter, and can someone who is trained on Narcan, uh, are they able to carry it in case they encounter an overdose situation when they are out and about? So I guess the first question, is Narcan available over, over the counter? That's where it gets a little tricky, okay. because technically, and Kayla just informed us of this yesterday, it's kind of a two-way street. Uh, Narcan is available over the counter. However, if you walk into a pharmacy and try to get it, you're with insurance, you might pay like two, three bucks. Mm -hmm. Without insurance, you're going to pay 50 to to $100. But uh, if you go to a Narcan training and you are certified and you get the little paper saying you're certified, you can walk out with the box and fentanyl testing test strips. That's something else I didn't cover. You got to have those fentanyl testing strips. But uh, Kayla informed us yesterday, as of right now, you should be able to walk into any health department in any county and say, I need Narcan and fentanyl testing strips, and you should receive them with no questions asked. Okay. So she said that that's probably not going to last long because it's kind of a new thing. They're, I don't know. She just said it was up in the air. So, like, when you're talking about last night, you all had a Narcan trading that you that the sisters put on right little city sisters yes the little city sisters put on a free narcan training last night at the pride community center here in johnson city that was demonstrated to us by kayla cobb of the solomon county drug prevention coalition awesome and we actually we're doing one too um through christ redemption church um that's july in july july <laughs> So Holy Divinity is also our secretary, <laughs> if you don't know. <laughs> uh, 
keeps me straight on the dates. So it <laughs> works. What you, so basically, you're trying to make it more possible to um, for people to, to access these trainings, right? Yes. I know that there is a huge drug issue in our region, probably all over, and this can and does save lives. Yes. Uh, however, um, this is where it gets a little bit more tricky, and it comes down to the science. Okay. The, the, the Narcan and the Coloxid, whatever, uh, only works towards an opioid opioid uh, overdose. However, most stimulants, which is what meth is, has some sort of opiate in it. So therefore, it can still help reduce the drug overdose symptoms. But you still need to wait the three minutes for the, 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 the K one, <laughs> the new one. <laughs> you got to wait the three minutes and then re-administer because you get two doses in one pack. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, if you see somebody that's overdosed on drugs and, you know, you do all that, it's better to give them the Narcan than not, you know, <laughs> right? Correct. Because I mean, at most, if they are not overdosing, they'll suffer a little bit of a headache if they're not overdosing. So it's better to go ahead and save that life. Yeah. So Narcan is safe as long as you use it correctly. Yes. That's awesome. Um, and... I guess, let me see. I was just making sure Zach commented about the overdose situation. So I get, Zach, does that answer your question <laughs> about the Narcan? Yeah. So definitely. I, I wonder, do they have like, um, like any other trainings? Like, is there like a, I don't know if you would know this, but is there like a website people can go on to look up? Or they could probably just Google Narcan trainings and, and then their zip code or something yeah. in Google. Uh, Yes, I'm working with Kayla to make a Washington County uh, Narcan training available at least once a That's month. That's awesome. Uh, I'm going to try to switch locations and mix it up a little bit to get more people involved. Yeah. We did have some new people show up last night that tickled me to death. That means somebody saw the need and the advertisements and coming in. Uh, but I would like to do it in other locations to reach more people. But uh, you can visit uh, Sullivan County Drug Coalition dot org, I believe, yeah. or Carter County Drug Pre Prevention. You got to remember, one's a coalition, one's yeah. prevention. <laughs> <laughs> and message and they'll they'll give you uh, the information on it, but it's best just to reach Kayla directly at the Sullivan County Drug Coalition because she's the regional director. Uh, I went to infectious disease in Carter County and like three other places and every time Kayla's name came up, so she was it. <laughs> Trying to check, we just got new viewers, so Sam, hi Sam Hornick that just viewed, Zach's on here, um, I saw a few other people pop in so hi everybody if you're just now joining us we have holy divinity from little city sisters who is a chapter of the sisters of perpetual indulgence um you are also an addiction survivor and that is also something that your heart is in you're doing narcan trainings and other things you're also an associate pastor um my secretary in gps <laughs> i'm also in school let's not forget that you're what 
also going to school school yeah yeah um in ministry school and just you're you're doing a lot uh you're also going towards your cprs so i mean there's there's a lot of things that you're doing um i guess my my next question is how long so obviously you doing being part of the sisters of, of perpetual indulgence is more recent but you also have a history in drag performance right yes i've been doing drag for oh lord 10 15 years we're going date we're gonna age you <laughs> so like what, yeah what got you into drag in the first place honestly it was a little bit of a dare and i just kind of went with it and then as i got better at it um they told me to stop doing talent knots <laughs> so i was kind of like okay then what i do so then i moved into pageants and then i was doing good in pageants but never winning pageants yeah but over the course of my drag career it helped me determine that and become more comfortable as curtis the boy instead of zamora the girl uh I did do a lot of things I'm not proud of, and the, the drag persona kind of has a, a little bit of a sticky name, if you remember my my first name I ever had. Mm -hmm. um, but then that's the normal for the gay community, is people like to gossip and talk instead of actually go to the source and be like, hey, what happened? Uh, but um, at one point, I was leaning towards the trans identification because i was doing so much drag at one point i was literally doing drag five nights a week oh wow uh, and it just really started getting to me and then i took a break and now i'm coming back uh but it's a whole different scene now than when it was when i quit <laughs> but that's process yeah do you think that drag's given you an like an outlet to basically find a balance between your femininity and masculinity oh yeah most definitely that's awesome because i know that there's a lot of trans people that you up i was just gonna say the big thing for me with drag is a healthy because of the drug addiction i did develop an unhealthy need for the spotlight and to be always locked by everybody but through drag, it's allowed me to be locked by everybody and have a healthy source of um, motivation and be a positive light to the community. That is awesome. Well, we're starting to come up to a 30 minute mark. Um, if people have questions, definitely drop them in before we end this show. Um, maybe feedback, what, you, what you'd like to see, maybe. Um, so how can, if people are interested, how can people get involved in your organization? Uh, in the sisters? Yes. Uh, well, you can look up the sisters, just type in sisters of perpetual indulgence, and it might help to do a zip code attached to that. Mm -hmm. If you're in the state of Tennessee, you can either look at Memphis, Knoxville, Nashville, or the Aspirant House here in Johnson City. And let me be clear that the house here in Johnson City is not fully professed. We are working towards that goal with our co-moms and our leadership team, but we are not fully professed. We still have maybe about another year to go before fully professed. But if you don't mind a little bit of a drive, there's also a house over in Asheville called the Beer City Sisters. Mm -hmm. They're really great. Um, but just 
type in Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence on Facebook and Google and then just go from there. Would you care to explain the idea of aspirate and professed and all those levels? Like, is there like a kind of like you, you are in probation? Is that kind of what it is or waiting for like okay. 503 or? <laughs> that, well, the 501c13 and 501c3, 501c3 and the, the statuses are two different things. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yes, we won't have a 501c3 to where a fully manifested and uh, professed house, but every house is different. But typically, it was started in San Francisco. You've got aspirate, you've got postulant, you've got novice, and then you've got fully professed. When you first come into the organization, you have to express an interest in the way of life, the being, and all that. And you show up to some functions, and you're like, hey, um, I'm interested. What do I need to do? Well, that's when you pick up once, well, it varies between house to house here. But typically, you pick up one sister or a fully professed member of the house, and you work with them on history and stuff like that yeah. throughout your your process. And then when it comes up, you have to be voted on by typically it's like 60%, maybe 70% of the house for what they call elevations. That's how you move up the chain to the next status. And that's what we as a house have to do before we become an actual fully professed house. So, and you can find more information about that process on the San Francisco City Sisters uh, website. They, they list it in great detail. But the big thing to remember is not every house follows that policy. So, You weren't kidding when you said that there's a huge history <laughs> about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Um, the first time I can remember seeing them, I think it was at either Tri-Pride or something. Uh, for those that are watching out of the area, Tri-Pride is just our local Pride Parade um, with vendors and stuff, which happens usually around September sometime or actually this year september um but i saw a sister she was dressed in full garb and she had a uh, a leaf blower <laughs> and she was blowing everybody with the leaf blower that walked by um to cool them off and stuff and but it was like every time they walked through especially the older generation there was automatically like this huge respect for them um weren't they like part of tape like the the AIDS pandemic that happened, um, they took care of people, if I'm not mistaken, or, or they have been active yeah. in, in that. The San Francisco House actually wrote the world's, the entire world's first safe sex pamphlet. Oh, wow. They were also the first house to uh, throw a party or a pride event in the um, support of the HIV AIDS movement. Uh, they they have a lot of records out there, <laughs> but that's where it all started. It's because back in the 80s, because they started in 79, but then the AIDS pandemic kind of started around the late 80s. Yeah. Uh, 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 they saw all these men dying, and they couldn't figure out why. So then they finally figured out why, and then they started advocating safe sex condoms and dental dams and all this other fun stuff. Because prep really wasn't a thing until like five years ago, maybe. Been art like recently, um, like less than a decade, right? Yes. 
And if you're not familiar with PrEP, they actually have heartburn. PrEP is um, two different forms, okay? The first form you'll start out as is a peel, and you take it every day. Uh, and it's called Truvada or Descovy. Okay. Uh, and what it does is it prevents the spread or transmission of HIV and AIDS. And I personally know it does work because I actually had somebody try to make me positive and that was a long story. Yeah. Uh, second option, and it, I become eligible for this option because I've been on PrEP for over five years, is something called Apritude. Apritude is a once uh, bi-monthly. So it's a bi-monthly shot, no peel, just a single shot you take every other two months or like every two months or whatever, and then you're good. It's in your system and you're good. Oh. Uh, that's what I'm currently on, and I, I love it. It's much easier than having to take a big horse peel every day because the Truvada peel is, uh, uh, I don't have nothing near me that we can, buy, can like, relay it. But gotcha. it's, a, it's a horse. I, I've seen those kinds of tablets where it's basically almost – the length of like the tip of your thumb or something um and also yeah. like not to like remember to take it um that way it's kind of like birth control in some aspects where you have to remember to take it every single day at a specific time or you know because that also affects um time frames and so it, it for people especially so i'm not on it obviously but i can only imagine i am so forgetful that trying to remember to take a medicine that could save my life every single day you know would be I, I would i would forget i'm gonna be perfectly honest i would forget <laughs> scary because honestly if you forget four times in a week the truvada or discovery is out of your system by then oh wow it's it, that quick yeah it's quick okay. this kind of became like a sex education <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> um something interesting i guess for people that don't know so um, Curtis is also our associate pastor, and Curtis is very much sex positive, um, like free love, you know, and I guess I'm more conservative on that, not fully conservative in the sense of like, if we're talking politically, not that way, but I am not as free love <laughs> as, as you would be, and, but it's really fun, interesting, because we've got different aspects of of our viewpoints but we're able to like find a middle ground and i think that this is kind of what i want the show to be of we're going to have people from literally across the spectrum of different viewpoints on things and we can actually talk about it and hear each other out and understand where the other person's coming from and not sit there and try to debate that's not what this show is ever going to be there is not going to be any debates because I'm not trying to change my guest's mind and I'm not necessarily having my guest change my mind. It's more of a, let's share our knowledge and see what we can do to help each other. Uh, and so I kind of wanted to, to start this show as kind of a, how can we uplift those in the queer community and the ally community to better further and support? Because like you mentioned before, there is kind of like the drama in the queer community of this organization has beef with this organization and this organization is caught in the middle of it and everybody's just kind of walking on eggshells not sure what's going on and why everybody's fighting but in the ideal world it would be all of us 
working together, uh, connecting, say, hey, I know somebody that needs this, and I know this organization may have access to it. So I'm going to send them to this organization, and I'm going to have a friendship with them. Like, that's what we should be doing rather than trying to perpetuate these stereotypes of just constantly drunk drag queens, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I think we're going to come to a close. If, um, if you could talk to the audience, what is it that you would want to say? Um, is there anything you, you want uh, them to know about you before you leave or how they can connect with you in the future if they have questions, anything like that? Um, the big thing is you can find me on Facebook, Curtis Walsh. I'm all over the place. I do have two, so pick the one with the pretty picture. <laughs> uh, and then my drag page is Amora Adams. Holy Divinity will have her own page here in a couple days. Maybe tonight. I'm not sure. I've got a couple things going on. It's been a busy... I've been going. Like Chris... You uh, have woo! Like Alex said, I, <laughs> I've been going. Yeah. <laughs> but... Biggest thing I would have to say is love yourself. Never be scared to ask a question if it's about religion to me or Alex, or if it's about sex to, I would come to me for sex and not Alex. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and tell people they can't, <laughs> and I'm not going to condemn people, but Curtis is much more knowledgeable on that aspect than I am. I am monogamous, never been with anybody else with my husband, so... If you want to talk safe sex and those kinds of reproductive questions, not, maybe not reproductive, but you know what I mean. Those kinds of questions, <laughs> you are definitely a, an advocate and, and a, a, an aid in that aspect. Yes. There's really no wrong uh, – oh, Trinity left her hat. Uh, there <laughs> is – oh, my Girl. God. A bird just flew in here. No joke. A bird literally just flew in here. Uh, there is, is no such thing as a wrong answer or a stupid question. The only thing is feeling inadequate or uneducated mm -hmm. because the answers are out there. You just got to dig for them, ask a friend, ask somebody, educate yourself, mm -hmm. educate yourself on religion. Pol I, politics is big because you can ask Chris or now. Why are you calling my husband's name? <laughs> Oh no! But maybe I'm just thinking of him and some cooking because I'm hungry. Uh, 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 but uh, I used to be very non-politics -polit because it was just not my thing, not my cup of tea. I voted, but that was about it. Didn't really want to push too far into it because it was complicated. And then this past year, it's really hit me hard because it's like, boom, politics in my face. They're they're affecting my lifestyle when I literally cannot be in my chosen form of expression and walk or ride in my car to a paying gig or somewhere that I want to entertain children is not, and they're coming for that. Ooh, I got to speak up. Yeah. So be involved, get involved, ask questions, educate yourself and never be scared to be intimate or be involved or or whatever. We actually had some people come to the protest in Asheville who were by themselves. And the good thing about being a sister is you can walk up to a stranger and say, hey, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. What brought you out today? What's your name? Be that person. 
be somebody else's light in their world that they can either put down a needle or change their life. And that's it. There you go. So I think that was good. That ended good. <laughs> I appreciate you giving that, um, that basically a pep talk in a way. Um, if you have questions, definitely uh, contact Curtis Waltz. You can also uh, contact via email. You want me to give the email, your email? Yeah. Okay. Rev Curtis Walsh yep. at ChristRedemptionChurch.com. Christ is C-H-R-I-S-T-S. You can also contact by our church phone number, which I do not know it. You will have to give it. 348-3973. There you go. Um, with that, we want to wish you a blessed day. And if you have any questions or would like to be on the show, definitely email me at RevAlexBirchnell at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.